I didn't know they could do that. I don't think they can. I think they planned this and just lied to us per usual. God, I love when they do that. Hello, and welcome to Take a Moment, a Bachelor podcast. For Paulina's friends, I'm Annalise. And for Annalise's friends, I'm Paulina. Paulina, what's up? Where you been, homie? Yeah, I've been in, I was on rotations, and then classes started, but I've been here on my couch watching The Bachelorette. (laughs) Even though we have both been extremely busy and have simply not had time to do this podcast, we have indeed been keeping up with this just absolutely fascinating dual season of The Bachelorette, hashtag plural baby. Uh, Paulina, how has this season been treating you? Uh, The season's been kind of infuriating at times. And by at times, I mean most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Solid 90% of the time. Uh, When did it like sink in for you that this was not not gonna be a good thing? Probably the episode that they decided to have Rachel and Gabby split up their rose ceremonies mm-hmm. because that's when I realized they had planned nothing and they had no idea what was going on. They just thought, oh, we can just have two bachelorettes with absolutely no planning to make any changes and things will go well. And obviously they were not going well. That's actually a really fantastic moment to pinpoint because at first, I thought they really had their best interests in mind when they only made them eliminate three men from the first rose ceremony who were the two young twins and the magician. Um, So they were effectively working with a pool of 29 guys for the first real episode of dates. Uh, And then they made, I was surprised that they made such a big cut in week two. I think they cut like 10 guys or something. And then the week after that, I'm pretty sure is when they went from one-on-ones and one big group date with both of them to single rose ceremonies for each of them. Um, I think that it would have been a lot better if production and Gabby and Rachel had sat down and talked about when they wanted to split and how they were going to do that. And if they'd let the men know too, because then you wouldn't have had poor Rachel getting rejected three times in a row at the rose ceremony. Like I know why they did it. They wanted the shot of Rachel getting rejected, but like, Mm -hmm. how do you expect this to work out for either of them if that's the way that you're treating them? Or having like that Logan situation where he said yes, just because he was like, well, I don't know. Right. I just met both of them. And like, I have a good vibe with both of them. And what's interesting is like, we don't see Gabby giving Rachel the full picture at their co-sponsored group date where Logan kisses both of them. So Mm -hmm. hopefully off screen, after they have the like mini after party group date with just six of the guys, Gabby talks to Rachel and says like, actually Logan kissed both of us. Like, I know you're super excited about him, but like, he also kissed me. Like, I just hope that Rachel didn't go into it completely blind to the fact that he was conflicted. I think she probably did go into it completely blind because I think Gabby was so knew that Rachel was so worried about it. She didn't want to stress her out more. Mm-hmm. That's why she backed away from Logan so quickly. And I think what's interesting is I think that Rachel was much more worried about the quality of guys 
than Gabby was, but mm -hmm. by the time they got like halfway through the cruise ship portion, I felt like Rachel's guys were much more into her than Gabby's were into Gabby. I feel like Rachel's guys were more into her, but Gabby was more into her men. Yeah. And Rachel Rachel's was into her point. men. That like, you could tell when watching Gabby's dates and stuff, like I was excited to watch this because I could tell that she really wanted to form like a connection with them and was like, she saw something in them even if I saw literally nothing in them. <laughs> Johnny. Right. Like, <laughs> Why is everybody so obsessed with Johnny? I don't get it. I do not understand it. <laughs> just <laughs> throwing that out there I was like oh you just took like the most standard Florida male you could find <laughs> she was like oh I want a southern Florida man and they're like oh here's Johnny here's like, Johnny exactly oh my gosh but like she was excited about it and he seemed into it at the time too but it was just like Gabby I felt like I learned a lot more about what she was looking for in a relationship, Rachel. I feel like we didn't get as much new information, but you could tell that the guys were so much more into pursuing her. Yeah. I've heard a couple of podcasts say this, and I've also been thinking it throughout the season. It seems like Gabby is just kind of being herself, hanging out, having a good time. And Rachel is much more focused on being the bachelorette and mm -hmm. living up to the image and the expectations of being the lead on this show. And I think that's part of why skipping ahead a whole bunch. I think that's part of why Zach accused her of being so inauthentic in fantasy suites was like, mm -hmm. she is just, she's committed to the bit. And um, when that falters, it makes it really hard to know, like, are you being yourself or are you just being Rachel, the bachelorette? which is funny to think about because that was the same critique we had for Clayton last season was that he was obsessed with being the bachelor and that he didn't care about anyone else's feelings in the process. Exactly. Yeah. He was, um, he was so focused on like, Oh, I'm the bachelor, which means I get to do X, Y, Z. I feel like Rachel's Rachel's at least looking at it less as an opportunity to like, bone a bunch of people and more as like oh this is a tremendous honor this is a great opportunity mm -hmm. for me so I need to be what the people want me to be I think overall Rachel is just like much more concerned with her image and Gabby is much more confident in herself which is sad but which it did it, definitely sad but I think that's definitely what it is is just Rachel still concerned about the responsibilities of being bachelorette and like ending with an engagement mm -hmm. and like Gabby's also throughout the season voice that she wants to leave engaged and that's like mm -hmm. she's not gonna back down from that mm -hmm. but that's kind of their differences Gabby seems a little bit more secure in how she presents herself because she's just being her which is what we loved about her in Clayton season two like Gabby's just Gabby having a great time and we are having a great time alongside with her Exactly. Yeah. The whole, the whole season has made me sad that we didn't get a full season of just Gabby. I think they both would have benefited much more from a Katie Thurston, Michelle Young style split where mm -hmm. they had back-to-back -back seasons, but I think maybe they just couldn't, 
I know that they had some issues with getting enough like producers and enough crew members to do this season. Like there have been some theories that like when Gabby sends home Nate in Amsterdam, there was never a date planned because they didn't have people to staff a date or that uh, Rachel canceled her group date in uh, Belgium mm-hmm. because they just didn't have enough people. Like it was always the plan for her to not have a group date. Oh, interesting. I hadn't seen those. Yeah, I thought that, that also cool. makes sense. Because it did feel, I think Bachelor Data did something on it too about like, were there more canceled dates and mm-hmm. rose ceremonies and stuff this season? I don't remember what she said, but my guess would be yes. I believe she said rose ceremonies, no, but dates, yes. Which I think would make sense. That makes sense. I believe. Yeah, honestly, same. So let's kind of walk through the season. We won't do an episode by episode breakdown because at this point, the season's basically over. But (laughs) was there anything from LA that really stood out to you from the first few dates? Mm, I mean, we talked about it like over text and stuff. I think the big thing with the start of the season was you could really tell you and I both loved Nate, just like his interactions with Gabby. They seem very genuine doesn't feel like the right word, but just like, you don't want to say genuine and real. No, I want to choose literally anything else. (laughs) Um, Just very excited about one another and that it was like cute to watch. It was kind of the same thing with like Rachel and Clayton last season. Like there was something about it that felt very special to see. It felt authentic and natural and something that you would see outside of the show, I think. Exactly. Which is basically like, just genuine and real. <laughs> <laughs> but those were my, that was probably my biggest takeaway from like LA episodes was just mm-hmm. Gabby and Nate. Yeah, I agree. I was rooting so hard for Nate. I'm very interested to see if he ends up getting some form of a redemption arc. I thought that his explanation about dating two women at the same time at Mental All was like fine. I think that he owned up to that not being a cool thing to do. Um, I still would like to know a little bit more about like if you knew the situation was wrong enough to not tell a woman that you have a child, not even, not introduce her, not even tell her that you have a daughter, why would you keep seeing her? But that seems a little bit more nuanced than Jesse was willing to get into, than Brother Palmer was willing to investigate. My thing with that was also just like, how much are you really sharing with a person if they don't even realize you have a kid yeah because like yeah you can be going on a ton of dates or hooking up or whatever but like a child takes up like a good majority of your time yeah so for that to not even come up in casual conversation or something like that I don't know how serious these relationships really were and that I think was his attempt to defend himself was I was dating Mm -hmm. like I wasn't exclusive with either of these women I was dating around and they happened to overlap but we weren't exclusive but then weren't the texts like I know he introduced her the girl who he was seeing for longer he introduced her to 
his family. Mm -hmm. She introduced him to her family. I want to say he like threw around the L word a little bit. Like that feels more exclusive than he was letting on. And that's where I get back to your point of like, how seriously are you taking this? How ready for a relationship actually are you? Mm -hmm. Questions will probably never get answered because Brother Palmer will never ask them. And apparently Nate was offered the role and declined it. So I guess we'll just never, we may never see Nate again. Dang. I know. I would like to see Nate again. Yeah, I think, I think he made some really poor decisions after going through the really traumatic experience of going through a divorce with a kid involved, with a young mm-hmm. kid involved. Um, so I think the situation is more in the like the icky gray space that nobody likes to investigate, but I think he maybe deserves a redemption arc. Think of all the people that have gotten redemption arcs on Bachelor Nation. Like t- you're going to tell me that like Nate doesn't deserve it, but some other people do. Right, like Josh Murray after being accused of emotionally abusing Andy Dorfman really deserved the redemption arc, really. Yeah, I don't think anything else really stood out for me either in LA besides Nate. I think Jordan V, as in Victor, getting sent home so early, the race car driver, that was really surprising to me. That's the first time anyone's ever been sent home on a first Mm one-on-one. And that was something you and I talked about too, that because I was like, the people I'm most invested from for this season are people who were sent home too like too early yep and that I think Jordan V and Rachel like could have had something really special had she let him stay a little bit longer but she chose not to explore because she didn't get like butterflies and rainbows and shooting stars right I think she was expecting the instantaneous chemistry the gut feeling she basically wants to know right off the bat if he's the one or not because I think she experienced that with Clayton but that's just not how relationships work most of the time let alone all of the time mm-hmm. and also those feelings didn't lead to anything substantial with Clayton right exactly yeah so like why are you thinking that's what we need right now you know what they say about insanity. It's trying the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You're right. You're right. I think too that part of the, one of the biggest problems with this season goes back to something you just talked about, which is the people who are left haven't had enough screen time for us to be invested in them because they focused so much time on petty drama and stupid things that didn't actually matter and I'm not sure how much of that was just the nature of having two leads and having more interactions that needed to be shown and how much of it was just that they really mismanaged their time in each episode do you have any thoughts on that I think the episodes like what they chose to focus on wasn't showcasing the growth of relationships Mm -hmm. but rather the development of men that were on their way out Yep. Good so point. Logan got hella screen time. Yeah. An incredible amount of screen time for someone who left without a trace, without a goodbye, with no follow up. He just disappeared. He got Same. poofed. And like 
Hayden, that's the guy with that was obsessed with his dog. The dog, yeah. Also from Tampa, Florida. Um, same thing, like we got a lot of, and I was, I was like, oh, like this looks like it could go somewhere only for him to get sent home. Right. After three episodes of buildup of like his relationship. And then it was just like combusting. Granted, he, he was problematic and he needed to leave. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that's what they focused. Like I didn't see anything with Rachel and Avon or mm-hmm. Gabby and Eric until they were literally the only humans left. Right, yeah. And I feel like the way that they're editing a lot of these dates is just extremely bizarre. Like Eric seemed, he comes across as cold and disinterested when you watch his first one-on-one with Grandpa John. Like he gets to hang out with Grandpa John Mm -hmm. and he physically could not bring himself to care less. When she's talking about her mom, Granted, some of this might be editing, but she's looking for either verbal comfort or physical comfort. And he's just kind of sitting there like nodding. Like the way that that date was edited was so bizarre to me and so unnatural. And then we're supposed to be excited that she's choosing him because everybody else has said that they can't see a future with her. Like, And I was like, I do like Eric and Gabby. I think that, yeah you can see more towards the end of just kind of how they're connecting and that, oh, the reason he's not being as like verbally supportive about things with your mom is because like he's probably taking this moment to think about his dying father. Right. And just like kind of seeing how they're able to navigate those like bigger family moments together. You're like, oh, like this makes sense. But like, they edited that first date in such a weird way that you were like, like, I know that Grandpa John had a great time with Eric, but like, why? Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, why is Gabby so into this man? Like, this just doesn't make any sense. And then it takes until his hometown date for you to understand why he is the way he is. And that's ridiculous. Versus they're spending all that time at the beginning showing Nate who's leaving, who she's sending home. Right, exactly. LA, it was what it was. How did you like the cruise ship as a concept? I thought it was fun. I wish they had more cruise activities. And I wish that more cruise activities getting to see more of the ship because the ship is massive and beautiful mm-hmm. and has so many amenities. And I wish that they'd gotten to hang out with each other. I didn't like that they were so separated. I think that a lot of friendship potential was lost by having them completely isolated from each other for the whole week. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Like they could have had like the same way they do like pool parties at the mansion or something. Yeah. Like have like a nice like boat day. Like I don't know. Just yeah let them brew out and we didn't get any like content of the guys hanging out on the ship yeah just like the weird sad little bars that they would occasionally show us and that like and that was like a minute (laughs) yeah and that didn't make me want to book a virgin voyage you know like looking at the ship online and looking at the actual pictures because I'm a crazy person and I need to know everything about everything that made me want to book the cruise more than what we saw on the show yeah it was like a weird advertisement with that showed nothing 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Great summary. Actually, that's kind of the whole season, like a weird advertisement for something to happen for nothing to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Just an advertisement for a letdown. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought the locations were clutch this year. Yeah. Good places. You didn't have them like cheering to go to like Ohio. The um the Game of Roses podcast calls that an I love Cleveland. Like it doesn't matter the city, mm-hmm. they always call it an I love Cleveland because on Pilot Pete's season they all had to cheer because they were going to Cleveland. <laughs> like they went cool places and like it doesn't matter if you do nothing in Belgium. Right. Like you went to Belgium. Like that's cool. Yeah, exactly. Like the cheese date in the Netherlands, the like cheese strongman competition, Mm -hmm. that wouldn't have been my favorite thing to do, but it was still fun. They still got to see the city and, Mm -hmm. you know, eat cheese, which is good. (laughs) Always down to eat some cheese. And I feel like the one-on-one dates were good and well-suited to the people on them. Like Mm-hmm. I think the wander around Paris date was good for both Tino and uh, Jason. Like we finally yeah. got to see like, oh, Jason makes sense in Gabby's life. This is why she's so drawn to him. That sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we go to Europe, we finish in Europe and then everybody flies home. Uh, were you surprised that Gabby only ended up doing three hometown dates? She didn't end up giving one to Logan and she has said that she wasn't going to even if uh if Logan hadn't self-eliminated she was only going to do three anyway the fourth one was for Nate I didn't think it was super surprising just because again we didn't know anything about the guys like I didn't think she knew about enough about Logan to give him a rose or Spencer as the other guy wasn't he poor Spencer he Spencer was so cute I know I feel like we just like the tiny tiny glimpses we got he seemed really really sweet and really endearing mm-hmm. and he seemed really into her too like the whole time and it was just like I don't think they ever had a chance to really connect yep I agree um let's see so how did you feel about the way that they presented the hometown dates I know that they've gotten a lot of flack for alternating between them and like building up narratives and then kind of course correcting in the last couple of episodes did that bother you elaborate on that a little bit so like we do one of Gabby's hometown dates and then we do one of Rachel's hometown dates and then we do back to Gabby and then I think Gabby did like two in a row and then we did Rachel's and then poor Avon got left for the beginning of men tell all and then we never even got the rose ceremony it was just online oh yeah that was messy and very confusing um I again I just feel like they didn't plan the season at all like just nothing was organized enough and I know objectively someone is in charge of planning Mm -hmm. but I think they were on vacation like (laughs) They missed one very important meeting by the looks of it. (laughs) Um, But I did feel that usually I don't like hometowns. I feel like they're really hyped up and then they're always very disappointing. But I did enjoy the hometowns this season. Yeah, I think that it was a good mix of drama and strengthening relationships. I think it might have benefited from either doing like 
an hour of all of Rachel's and then an hour of all of Gabby's and then a rose ceremony at the end or if they'd done like I know it depends on the network and what they have available if they'd done like a 90 minute on Monday that was all Rachel and we finished with Rachel's rose ceremony and then a 90 minute of all Gabby's and then we finished with Gabby's rose ceremony on a Tuesday or something like that I don't know I just it felt like if there had only been one bachelorette we would have actually gotten to see Johnny's hometown date. He got like five minutes and, you know, Mm -hmm. their activity was going on a boat for like 20 seconds. Um, 20 seconds and you got to see them do something. That was ridiculous. was so rushed. He makes it to fantasy suites and he gets like a totally bogus hometown date segment, you know? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why I enjoyed hometowns this season was because I always feel like they're so drawn out and they didn't waste any time with the hometowns. True, yeah. like you know we're gonna keep the short sweet <laughs> there's no need to just pretend that there's more happening here they went home <laughs> they went home they did one activity and then they left mm-hmm. and then they said they were falling in love or in love exactly yeah everybody uh using the game of roses lexicon everybody was love level three or love level four by the end mm-hmm. do how do you feel like the drama that started in hometowns carried out and played out during fantasy suites so like we see Tino's parents are not supportive of this at all we see Jason tells his mom like oh no I'm not getting engaged but like doesn't really relate that to Gabby um how did you feel like the different storylines kind of progressed as we get into fantasy suites I feel like Tino's story should be creating more yeah problems because his family was just straight up rude to Rachel yeah yeah like straight up disrespectful like no one is talking to me like that I would not stand for I wouldn't and if you're gonna sit there and let your family talk to me like that like I'm not doing this for my whole lifetime right what was most impressive about that was that Rachel didn't cry I think she was in too much shock to do anything else I think she was so like and then Tino just like brushes it off he's like no no like they they love you and she's like were you where I just was like no they do not and he's like no but they will they're just being stubborn I just I wish I wish I had the confidence of a a white man like Tino a white passing man like Tino um plot twist he's Mexican not Italian I saw his dad's Facebook post as shocked genuinely Mm mm-hmm um but I feel like that drama didn't like carry out as I feel like maybe it'll come up again like towards the end of like their final date or whatever but she wants to have resolution with that Mm -hmm. um Jason's drama carried through I'd say until his (laughs) departure right it was all just like it felt like they were waiting until they got to hometowns to figure out everybody's storylines. And then they're like, oh crap, we got to like, we got to mm-hmm. roll with this. So Jason, it was introduced so late in the game because he seems like the safe choice for Gabby for most of the season. Once he gets his one-on-one, it's like, oh, this makes sense. I totally get it. I can see mm-hmm. them complimenting each other. And then like, all of a sudden he's like, nope, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Just super bizarre editing and I wish they had invested more in developing these storylines earlier Mm -hmm. 
poor Avon. We just, we know nothing about him. He's getting the uh, Justin treatment from Katie's season, Justin Glaze. Oh, that it's, it is very similar to Justin, that he, like, you know that he's a good guy. You want to see more of him, mm-hmm. but you don't get anything else. You just get little teasers of, like, him looking happy or, like, him making a really interesting thinking face. But, like, and you're, there's more to him. And I want to see it, but I'm not going to get it. Right. And I do think it's also important to point out that both Avon and Justin are men of color who made it to the final, well, we're recording this through the end of the Fantasy Suite episode. So Avon is still in the final three, but we're assuming he moves on to the final two just based off of context and previews and stuff like that, because they love giving away what happens in the previews. Mm. Uh, But these are men of color, which until very recent seasons, we haven't seen men of color make it that far in the show. And they're just, we don't know anything about them and they could potentially be proposing to the lead. Yeah. And that's what makes it so interesting is that like, we're not we don't have any information about their them at all but that they could be the winner they could be engaged at the end of this and right I would still know nothing so let's shift our focus to where we finish at the end of fantasy suites so both Johnny and Jason have decided that they don't see a future with Gabby Johnny acknowledges that they have a great time together and they could get there, but he's just not ready to propose to her. Jason effectively says that he couldn't see this working out in the real world and Gabby is no longer going to date J-name boys anymore, um, which leaves her with Eric and she tells him that she loves him and that he's the only guy left and that she's excited to finish out this journey with just him. Um, Do you feel satisfied with the way Gabby's arc has concluded thus far? Yes, because I think from the three of those guys, Eric was the best choice for her. But no, because I think she was robbed of getting to end her season. Like, yep. Getting, having any control over the situation. Because Johnny, I think she knew that he wasn't ready. Yeah. She didn't seem as surprised by that. Jason was an absolute dick. About Jason it. was not cool. That was bad. <laughs> he was like took something that could have been special and then was basically like, I don't actually know you. And she was like, You never said that this was something that was on your mind before. Like you kept accepting roses, you kept coming back, but I mm-hmm. thought we were moving forward and you're saying we are actually at square one. Right. He very clearly blindsided her. I'm pretty sure that she thought he was the safer choice of Eric Mm -hmm. and Jason. And the way that he, I think part of the problem is he just wasn't able to express himself effectively, but that's not like, that's not a good excuse for Mm -hmm. the way that went down. It just seems like he quickly shifted from being like, oh, this is just not the environment that's comfortable for me to, I am actually going to be a cruel person as I tell you how I'm feeling about this situation. And that was just not cool. Because I think it, it's 
this is obviously not a natural process for anyone yeah. except Nick Vile because he's done it a billion times but we know how I feel about Nick Vile <laughs> but like he was just weird about like he I think he forgot he was on tv and that this would be playing back at some point and that real people's feelings were involved like I think he was he thought he was just playing like virtual reality sims for a couple weeks for sure yeah um how did you feel about the conversation that Eric has with Gabby after their fantasy suite uh Eric for people who may not remember the episode fully Eric tells Gabby that he loves her they have a great fantasy suite they seem very affectionate and very into each other during the morning after scenes but they kind of have this weird conversation where Gabby asks Eric if he knows how she feels and he says confused and like there's some miscommunication going on and then it comes out later in the episode when they get to see each other that in the fantasy suite, Eric told Gabby that this week feels like cheating to him. They had a whole conversation mm-hmm. about it. She thought that it was settled and then he brought it up again in front of the cameras. How did that sit with you, that whole little storyline? I think producers made him do it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think he was fine with how their conversation went. He probably talked to his producer and was like, hey, like, I'm still like, I'm sad I don't get to see her like this week obviously feels weird but mostly I just want to let her know that like I'm thinking about her and her producer's probably like hey like you know what you should do fuck it up like (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I I do see both sides of this I Mm -hmm. see in a normal relationship if you have a conversation about something that's uncomfortable for both of you it's normal to revisit it again the next day, you know, a week later, what have you. Mm -hmm. I don't fault Eric for not feeling, for still feeling confused and conflicted about it, wanting to support Gabby, still loving her, but not feeling like the issue is completely settled. And I totally see where Gabby is coming from, where of course you feel like you guys are on the same page and having him bring something up that happened off camera in front of the cameras I totally understand why she felt pressured I think that overall everything that happened with Gabby's guys really emphasizes that it is crucial to watch the show before you go on it Mm -hmm. and just especially watch her season because I think that a lot of her issues are do stem from what went down with Clayton and Rachel especially is has been very very deeply affected by how everything went down with Clayton like they're not I feel like they're not acting as naturally as they would have if not for what happened with Clayton and I think the guys are reacting to that in a way that's not very productive for anyone I agree I think it's I don't know how people go on the show without having watched a full season like do you just apply to jobs without reading the description do you just take contracts without knowing how much they're going to pay you like what are you doing because like I just listened to Rachel Lindsay's audiobook and she talked about how she hadn't watched the show before she went on but she still did her research to understand who's on there and like what typically happens she befriended the girls that were super fans in the house 
Exactly. So they could explain what the first impression rose was because she didn't know what that was. Right. No, exactly. And she like, when she got cast, she went back and watched at least a few episodes to know exactly. what the format was like. Because Rachel's like smart and intuitive. So of course she picked up on the dynamics super quickly. But like, imagine it was like you or me going into the house without having ever watched the show. I would die. (laughs) It's not just like, it's not like a freshman dorm. Like it's not something that's just going to like make sense and it has logical next steps. Like you would wake up one day and then all of a sudden they're telling you like, oh, we're going to Cleveland. And you're going to be excited about it. And you know what we're going to do? You're going to lay down on the ground and we're going to have people throw some paint at you. You're going to scream the bachelor's name off the hotel balcony and you're going to like it. Yeah, like it's not stuff that makes sense. No. It's stuff that does not exist outside the real world. Like in the real world, if you thought you were going to get engaged to somebody within the next two weeks, it would be completely off the table to sleep with somebody else. But like, Mm -hmm. that's not how things work in bachelor world. Like it's expected that, you know, you gotta perform or she's gonna pick one of the other two guys that she had sex with this week, you know? Yeah. On that note, let's talk about Tino. I feel like he got such a good edit for the first half of the season and then starting around baby back bitch he started to get a little a little tinge of a villain edit. Baby back bitch is the best comeback I've ever heard on Thatcher. I saw the movie it originated from like two or three days ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, it's the Adam Sandler football prison movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's Terry Crews who says baby back bitch. It's, I like immediately perked up and I was like, oh, that's Tino. <laughs> like, like, I love that Ethan threw that in there. He's just like. Ethan is somebody else who got so gypped. Ethan, Tyler not getting a hot seat during Men Tell All and not really getting a chance to like explain his relationship with Rachel like all of this got sidestepped for things that just don't even matter like them making fun of Hayden at Men Tell All even though he wasn't even there to defend himself or like rehashing what went on with Roby now that he bleached his hair like I don't care about that I want to hear about Tyler and how he felt and if he knew going into the hometown date that like there was going to be some issues you know yeah I think Tyler definitely got chipped it's the same thing we were saying earlier that like the people I'm most attached to this season are the ones that left Tyler Jordan V (laughs) like Ethan Ethan the they need to I don't think they need to fundamentally change the format. I think they just need to stop. Like so much of the drama is so clearly manufactured. I think that they just need to stop like poking the bear and let it all play out naturally. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right that Tina got a really good edit at the beginning. Like a lot of people were, and I saw a lot of like TikToks and stuff that were like, is Tino getting like a Tyler Cameron edit here? Like Mm -hmm. contractor really sweet, like, even Tino made like a Instagram post mm-hmm. that was like the best pilot contractor duo since 
Hannah Brown season, which one bold of you to compare yourself to Hannah Brown season in any way, shape, or form. Number two, bold of you to compare yourself to Tyler Cameron, the most attractive man to ever come out of this franchise, who literally dated a supermodel. And then compare your love interest to Pilot Pete. Mr. Four Times in a Windmill, rebounding with his ex who said that he didn't deserve her because he likes Pokemon. He's currently back with her. I know. it's That's a whole nother mess. That's a bonus pod topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he is getting a, a villain edit. And I think that things are going to explode for Tino on After the Final Rose. I don't know how, but that is my, my guess. I concur. So I have not seen tonight's episode. We're recording on Tuesday, which is finale part one. There's no way this man doesn't propose to Rachel. There's no way this man doesn't win. There's no way she does not want to be engaged to him. I think that the reason why they're letting his like nastier side show and looking at the shots that we get from the promo like I think maybe he proposes and then it falls apart like Hannah Brown Jed style not necessarily with the cheating stuff but I think that she's like disillusioned the promo of Rachel and Tino like arguing crying whatever Mm -hmm at some house looks like a post-show like what's it called what do they call those weekends uh secret happy couples visits yeah it looks like a happy couple visit that like goes awry and that she's calling him out so yes I think you and I are both with the understanding like she's choosing Tino Tino's choosing her like she he said I love you and she immediately said I love you too like and she makes excuses for him all the time yeah. People yeah. on the show never go with the person that they don't come up with excuses for. Exactly. Yeah. You're coming up with excuses because that's the person you're choosing. Yep. Versus telling Zach that he's not ready for a relationship because he's 25, even though you were 25 when you went on the show. <laughs> the How much time. of that do you think? I, I, I'm going back and forth with it. Yeah. I think it's you know there's three sides to every story there's his truth her truth and the actual truth and then my opinion four sides oh yes the four truths Paulina's opinion (laughs) is the fourth one I'm sorry I forgot it um but yeah I think that maybe it was I can really see her knowing that she's not going to pick him and like you know, they go through politics and they're pretty aligned. They go through religion and they're pretty aligned. They go through like timeline and families and stuff like that. And they're pretty aligned. And she's like, well, shit, I have no reason to send him home now. Let me think of something so I can give him a reason for why it's not him and why I'm breaking up with him tomorrow. Yeah. His family loves me. Um, we're, we're lined up with everything else. They both it's can time- throw back tequila. Mm-hmm. It's time to pick a fight like we've all done it before exactly yeah she's like really doing a good job of making him disillusioned with her very quickly (laughs) she's just doing it on tv that all of us can watch but like I've done it before too just pick a fight because I don't know how to get out of it exactly make him think it was his idea (laughs) gaslight men gaslight gatekeep girl boss 
Gaslight, Gatekeep, Girl Boss. That's the title of this episode. Love to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. What do you want from the end of this season? Uh, The end of the season. Mostly I want Gabby to be happy. Yeah. She didn't get enough. She got less screen time. Most of the episodes. I feel like her ending was didn't get to feel like she was choosing her own. Yep. I just want to see Gabby thrive. That's all I've ever wanted is to see her thrive. Yeah. I um I would also like to see Gabby thrive by dumping her racist boyfriend. I'm sorry. I cannot get behind blackface in the year of our Lord 2011 in your high school yearbook. Like I still have not recovered from Ralph Northam doing the same thing. And that was a much longer time ago in deep Southern Virginia, where there's a lot of cultural differences compared to, you know, modern day cultural awareness and stuff like that. I just, I, I can't do it. I hope that she finds happiness away from Eric at this point. Yeah. I was like, I like, Eric and Gabby, from what I've been able to see, the blackface, like blackface Jimmy Jimi Hendrix, I think that's who he was mm-hmm. pretending to be, was problematic for many reasons that I could list and not list. And I think a lot of that is the environment too. Like to have a, a school yearbook in 2011, think that's like okay to print, okay yeah. to let your students do, probably at school, like. He's clearly not in an environment that was helping him realize how incredibly inappropriate that was. Yeah. And I can't fault him for that, like his environment. I can fault him for, of all the things you could choose to be, you chose to do that. Yep. So it's like finding that balance of like people can learn and get and understand the severity of their actions but like you'll never be able to take away the fact that you did that yeah right it's the sort of thing where I wish it hadn't happened but that's not that doesn't change the fact that it did exactly so I was like I think he didn't show any racist behavior on the show he has I haven't seen anything else come out about him that yeah leads and- me to believe that he has racist tendencies Nate is, I like for all of Nate's faults, I trust Nate's read on people and he, his comment on Eric's apology post seemed aware of the nuance of the situation, but also emphasized like, I know this isn't the person you are now, you can't Mm -hmm. erase that you did this, but like, you've clearly grown since then. I also don't love that he is friends with a good number of Trump supporters. You know, you are the company that you keep. And I get if it's your family, you can't help that. But these, I think, are not his family members who he's been posing with wearing like MAGA hats and merch and stuff like that. But that's the same thing I'd say is if he's in an environment that thought blackface in 2011 was appropriate. <laughs> Do you think that his like childhood friends aren't also from that environment right same sort of thing that's where you expect to see more of that stuff yeah I think he's 
I think at this point in time, he probably would say that he's not racist. He is certainly not an anti-racist. You know, he's not going to be the one talking to his friends about, you know, let's maybe not treat minorities and women differently than we treat the homies, you know? Hopefully he proves us wrong. (sighs) Yeah. That's all I can hope for at this point is hoping that he proves that he's better than he seems. Amen. Um, I texted you off air, Paulina, who do we even root for anymore? And you said Gabby on Dancing with the Stars, end of (laughs) list. And I, I concur. Um, yeah Gabby on Dancing with Stars is who I'm rooting for that's what I'm hoping for at the end of the season is to start Dancing with the Stars on Disney Plus this time Um, I just I hope that this is the time because it's it's possible that neither Gabby nor Rachel finishes next week it's possible that they both leave next week single And I hope that casting takes this seriously and learns from it. I feel like every time we have some shithead end up on the show and there's a whole lot of uproar about it, like Lincoln from Becca's season was actively being investigated for a sexual assault case while the season was filming and nobody found out about it until after filming had wrapped. I, and nothing happened, you know, they're still casting shitty people like this I just I hope this is the wake-up call that they needed if neither woman ends up with the guy she chose I hope that that's the push I also hope that the show starts to kind of restructure itself because the problem we're reaching right now with this season is that no one feels ready to be engaged yeah maybe we forget the kneeling engagement rings they're ugly anyway and we do something else like something that people feel more willing to do that puts a little bit less pressure I don't know maybe you end the show and you get like like a three-week honeymoon of some sort like yeah something that you can just get time together and then you can get engaged or something at after the final rose yeah or like you in the like weeks after the show finishes filming you come to the producers and you say okay Paulina's gonna move to DC Mm -hmm. and the show pays for Paulina's rent for like six months or something so you're in the same city you don't have to move in together but you don't have to do long distance the show facilitates you getting to date in the real world yeah just like something to make it fit a little bit better like love is blind only casts in the same area Mm -hmm. so that long distance isn't an issue exactly exactly yeah love island doesn't end with an engagement ends with you get money or you don't (laughs) and like love island couples last longer than bachelor big brother has more couples that last than the bachelor right and that's not show is not even about dating right like blake horseman is finally off the market because of some shore-based uh competition just some other competition like find a way to make it because these girls are getting heartbroken at the end because they don't people don't want to be engaged because they want to keep dating because who was the first person that was like I'm not gonna leave married I'm just gonna date 
the early seasons they didn't all get engaged it may have been jesse palmer because he was number five and he didn't get engaged on the show because he was 24 and wasn't sure i should have known brother palmer was the one to ruin this okay i have a confession to make i don't think brother palmer has done that great of a job this season a lot of people are like singing his praises and worshiping at his altar i just i don't get it who is doing that uh, Juliet Littman on Bachelor Party, which I stopped listening to this season. I don't even remember what she said, but I was like, that take is so bad. I can't even do this anymore. But tuned back in because I ran out of other stuff this week and she's like enamored with him. And uh, Pace Case on Game of Roses thinks that uh, Brother Palmer is not complicit. He's just, he's reading the lines that have been written for him. Um, I think he did a better job than before but the bar was low but he also like yeah. was a good guy for the men to come to I don't know if he helped yeah. Rachel and Gabby at all I think he was good for the bros for sure for sure he I liked it felt very staged but I liked that the bros checked in with him during fantasy suites I thought that that was it mm-hmm. didn't feel as forced as Ed hanging out with Chris Harrison on Clacia's yeah. season. It felt more like they actually had some degree of a relationship. Or like Zach going to talk to yeah. Brother Palmer. Like that felt, like I know that was like staged or whatever, like the cameras were there. But like Brother Palmer's reaction to him, like knocking, be like, can I talk to you? Like felt authentic of him being like oh yeah what's good yeah and like do you need help he he was listening and responding and you know when Chris Harrison would do the same sit down chats like with Colton after Mm -hmm. Colton jumped the fence like it felt very much like Chris Harrison was being an engine of the show asking the questions to get the show Mm -hmm. rolling and maybe that was editing maybe he was being more empathetic in between but like I don't think he was he looked so checked out by the end do you remember the fence jump and the excitement behind it god and like that was the last time it lived up to the hype actually no bring her home to us barb on pilot pete's season the fact (laughs) that it was hannah ann and nobody expected it to be hannah ann that lived up to the hype but since then nothing truly iconic bachelor moments the fence jump bring her home to us and Hannah Brown moving the podium. Right, and those were three great consecutive seasons. Well, Colton's season sucked because we don't like Colton, but like the end and the drama of the end, the intrigue around it, that was good. Even with disliking Colton, like his season was fun to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. He had some good characters and like all of them were too young to be on that show, but that was what made it fun. And then we had Hannah Brown and Pilot Pete and the dramatic moments on those seasons were the ones that came about organically like I don't care that Alea got kicked off and then went on reddit and then blabbed to everybody about Chase Rice dating Victoria Fuller like Mm -hmm. that I care less about than bring her home to us and Madison saying sometimes the bravest thing to do is to surrender in Australia while they're being attacked by flies like Mm -hmm. the unscripted stuff just it's so much better and the show has really lost sight of that 
who do you do you have any bachelor hopes for next season do you think anything can fix the current state of affairs I highly doubt they'll choose someone from this season yeah like as much as I told you like you were surprised that I was was like Zach is my man over here Mm -hmm. this season I was like I have a lot of a lot of love for him for I don't know why but I trust him I also thought he was much older than he was and that was confusing for me okay I my whole watch crew we are convinced that he's actually 35 there's no way he's 25 I was like this man is like 32 like there's no way that we're the same age yeah look at look at me and then look (laughs) up a picture of Zach any of you listening, look at our cover photo, our little icon, and then go look <laughs> at a picture of Zach. There's no way we are the same age. If you saw both of us at a bar and I said, guess the age. It would no. not be that he's younger. That would not be the guess. But I was like, even with my love for Zach, like I don't see him being Bachelor. No, I think he got, I think they would have protected him more in the edit and shown him more in the edit if he were the bachelor I think so too maybe Jordan B will be bachelor (laughs) maybe he'll have like a maybe he'll have like a grocery Joe redemption arc but like not bachelor in paradise they're just sending him straight into the real thing (laughs) just throwing him off the deep end (laughs) because like Tyler's a man that they're saving for paradise baby Tyler Mm -hmm. okay yeah I thought you meant Tyler Cameron for some reason. And I was like, are they saving Tyler Cameron for paradise? Fine, that's a hot take I've heard over there. No, he would, they, if they sent Tyler Cameron to the beach, like every other man would go home. They would self-eliminate. Yeah. They knew they'd stand no chance. And then it would literally be Bachelor in Paradise because it would just be Tyler Cameron Bachelor season on the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I know Game of Roses has been saying like, they need to just bite the bullet and pay Tyler Cameron. And honestly, I think they're right. I think maybe they could do, I think maybe if they did Mike, Mike Johnson from Hannah Brown season, that would be good too. But just like, they need, they need somebody with buzz. They need somebody that will excite old fans who've tuned out. And I think doing somebody from Hannah's season or, who was beforehand, Becca. Mm-hmm. Becca didn't really have any other exciting people who aren't already engaged. I guess Peter Kraus from Rachel Lindsay's season, I've also heard in contention. Yeah, I don't think he'll, he'll do it ever. Yeah. They'd Tyler have to Cameron's give him been, like a million dollars. <laughs> Tyler Cameron's been making some board TikToks at work so I think you could probably convince him to do it Uh, absolutely yeah yeah well this has been real do you have any final thoughts on what what you want what you expect what you hope happens or doesn't Um, I know obviously I said that I'm hoping for Gabby to thrive I also obviously want Rachel to thrive but I just don't think it's as likely yeah um because it looks like it's gonna blow up in her face oh yeah and she cries as much if not more than I do so (laughs) I don't know (laughs) she cries way more than you do I don't know I think hers is just filmed more (laughs) honestly fair (laughs) 
I think we might cry the same amount. I just get to do it in the comfort of my home and she gets to do it in the comfort of a room with 27 cameras. God, we love that for her. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't know who they'll do for next Bachelor. I am excited for Bachelor in Paradise. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to have some fun twists this season. Mm -hmm. Me too. And excited to see some of these guys that didn't get enough screen time Mm -hmm. here maybe redeem themselves. I hope so, yeah. And I don't know if it's confirmed that baby Tyler's on it but I'm just assuming that he is and that he's gonna fall in love and it's gonna be great and that's yeah. the reason I give him the hot seat is because he's already happily in love god I hope so that would be great I'd love that for him I was like that's my hope that that's why they didn't like go too in depth with him and they yeah. didn't like prod that relationship is because like he's already like happy and moved on and right yeah they're like why would we bring up old feelings when we yeah. we just set him up with this that's a very wholesome analysis I hope you're right (laughs) I hope I'm right too because if it's anything else I'll be so sad yeah what about you any hopes closing thoughts ah I think there was a lot of potential for this season to be good I don't necessarily think that they should never do a dual season again I just think that they need to be um they need to plan more you know, I totally agree with what you're saying. They went into this with no plan whatsoever. They need to start off with a bigger pool of men initially. They need to give everybody a time frame for when they're going to split. They need to explain well before the rose ceremony what happens if you reject a rose and what your odds are if you reject a rose of sticking around for the other person. And um, I just hope the next Bachelor is like a good person and an interesting person and an invested person that's all I want I just want good invested not racist the bar is low and yet we still can't pass it uh my mom has been watching the season excellent her um biggest takeaway last time I talked to her about it was that one she really hates Tino and Mm -hmm. she said her biggest advice for anyone in dating is meet the family mm-hmm. and if you don't like the family dump them and run away because you'll be stuck with them forever and they only get worse over time honestly that is extremely sound advice she is correct objectively <laughs> as soon as tina's dad was going off my mom was like absolutely not send the whole man home we're done with this no further questions needed <laughs> I will not be spoken to in this way, which is probably why I felt so passionately about it too. I was sitting next yeah. to my mom for that episode and that she had a very soft spot for Eric and his, his family and what they were going through. So yeah, that sucks. That sucks really, really badly. Mm-hmm. But those were the thoughts from Paulina's mom from this season was just Tina's family sucks. Therefore he sucks. So dump him. Um, her favorite was Tyler, baby oh. Tyler. We, uh, my, my watch group, we call him the carny. The carny. The carny. <laughs> Poor guy. I know. Such an earnest little carnival worker, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up for us. Um, I think so, too. Paulina and I are going to discuss off-air 
what our uh, plans are to recap the finale. We may just do one episode. We may be doing two. Uh, who's to say it's us. We're the ones who say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you have any feedback, you can call me, beep me if you want to reach me um, mm-hmm. or Paulina, or you can make us a TikTok or you can um, come by our apartments and knock on our doors and tell us what you'd like to see from us. I concur. <laughs> These are all of the options available to you. <laughs> Uh, Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you when we see you.